is a time and a place for comedy. There is a time and place to not have it. So if you're really good, you you do know the difference. Although we've all gotten the giggles at a funeral <laughs> or somewhere inappropriate. <laughs> um, it's, it's important to know when to use it. And are you harming someone? Then that's probably not, that's not my style. I'm more self-deprecating, picking on my own self or a situation that's not going to hurt someone's feelings. Mm. Yeah, I really resonate. You know, I, I come from a, a, a background with um, kind of single parent family and, and, and humor is something that I've learned. I, I don't know whether I reflect as it as a coping mechanism, but more of a, a response to try and make everyone around me happy. Yo, Ryan Hartley here from Always Better Yesterday. Welcome to the interview sessions. If this is the first time you have spent time with us here at Always Better Than Yesterday, thank you for taking the time out of your day. Come and join us over on Facebook in our We Are Always Better Than Yesterday community. It would be great to have you come and join us where we can grow in our hearts and our minds throughout the next year and beyond these are the interview sessions where i put my curious questions to inspiring people with one goal in mind to help you be better than you were yesterday these interview sessions are brought to you by our great friends at web creation head to webcreationgroup.com for stunning websites at sensible prices here we go episode 109 uh, my guest and I connected through an awesome community, the Unconventional Leaders Community, hosted by Heather Parody. Today, I am joined by Lisa David Olson. Lisa is a speaker, she's a creative coach, she's an author, and she is uh, someone that uses humour to great effect to heal and connect she shares how humor has saved her life after an abusive childhood this is uh, an awesome conversation it's a lot of fun to be part of i really enjoyed being around lisa and, and uh, hearing some more of her story over 20 years of being involved in comedy i hope that it helps you hope that it helps you smile hope it connects with you and inspires you in some way uh, i appreciate you enjoy Lisa, welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday interview session. So good to have you. How are you? Great. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to chat with you. Amazing. So I'd love to know a little bit more about you. I know that we've got a, a similar career background as well, but I'd love to hear it from you from yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and your story. We also have in common that uh, one of us talks funny and it'd be me because I live in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, in England, I um, I'm from the southwest, which means we all sound like farmers. Really, this is the farmer England accent. Did not yeah. know that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. the more you know. My background <laughs> is in comedy, two decades of comedy, and I come from a traumatic childhood where humor became my escape, and mm. that's true for a lot of comics. You know, they're they we want to get on stage and be someone else and it's a beautiful escape and laughter is acceptance 
So that's, that's the life I delved into after being a kid and realizing mm. if mom was laughing, she wasn't beating us. That's the short version. And then I became a comic running a comedy troupe that locally is award-winning where we were writing and performing sketch comedy, song parodies and improvisation, which I love. Yeah. Why? Oh, it's so thrilling to take someone's idea and create something on the spot and yeah. to be able to just be able to take your tools with you just simply because you exist, you have everything you need with you. You know, if, if I were a juggler, I'd have a suitcase full of props and with improv, it's whatever is right there. It's, mm. it's whatever's on your desk. It's whatever's near you or in your pocket. And I recently did that at my doctor's appointment. We females have quite the extensive yearly checkup. And Ryan's going, oh, great. Where are we going? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and the, yes. And the MA put all the items out on, on the counter because I had to have my, my uh, female plumbing checked. And when she left the room, I just got the giggles waiting for the, my PA because there's all the little clamps and there's the little slides and the, the very medical things. And I went into my purse and I pulled out my, um, I always have one at the ready. Let me see. I always have a fake cigarette at the ready. And so I set that out on the, <laughs> near this, all the pap smear things. And then I set out a pack of gum. And so when she came in and I'm on the table with the cloth over me, and when she came in and she looked at the counter and then did a great double take and then leaned into it, like really close up and cocked her head like a curious pup. It was like, what was this? And of course I got the giggles. And then she said, well, of course you carry this stuff with you. And then she said, can I have a piece of gum? I had a burrito for lunch. <laughs> so Classic. anyway, that's, that's what improv can do. You, you know, and of course mm. that, that rippled humor to her and of course to her day, to her next patient, it's that beautiful mm. ripple effect. The same as when you have a crummy day and that's all you see is the crummy part. Yeah. I think like I'm hilarious and like, but my family see the opposite. They, they see the other they Cause they see all the jokes that have bombed that fail. How, like, how do you approach your kind of comedy or improv? Is there some, is there, how do you, is it practice? Do you hone your craft? Like, or is yes. just every joke massively funny? Well, I can't help but be funny. Just ask me, but truly at work, I see the sillier sides of things. I work in a very serious field, which is with police officers, and I do records and dispatch. And you know what? If you don't find the levity in that, you know, you're, you're talking to human services workers and things. It's very serious work. There is a time and a place for comedy. There is a time and place to not have it. So if you're really good, you, you do know the difference. Although we've all gotten the giggles at a funeral or somewhere inappropriate. <laughs> um, it's, it's important to know when to use it. And yeah. are you harming someone? Then mm. that's probably not, that's not my style. Mm. I'm more self-deprecating, picking on my own self or a situation that's not going to hurt someone's feelings. Mm. Yeah, I really resonate. You know, I, I come from a, a, a background with, um, 
kind of single parent family and and, and humor is something that I've learned. I, I don't know whether I reflect as it as a coping mechanism, but more of a, a response to try and make everyone around me happy. And, and, and quite often a defensive mechanism as well, the self-deprecating thing. And like, how did, um, how did you learn over time that that was something that you were going to put out into the world? When I was really young and things were very crummy at home, my escape was to watch a show called The Carol Burnett Show. And that was sketch comedy and song parodies. Fast forward to when I was an adult and I got to do the very thing on a smaller scale. Just amazingly awesome Mm -hmm. life that I've had. And knowing that I wanted to do that, I would have my own shows in my room. And I actually had an audience that would come by and demand more and demand more songs and demand more costume changes. (laughs) They were my Barbies, but in my mind, (laughs) tickets were sold and seats were full, man. I had some shows going on and I loved to pretend to be someone else. And I loved that I could be five different characters in Mm. one hour if I wanted to. It's Mm. that's the best. It's just play and it's imagination. And I'm really glad I didn't just have computers when I was growing up because I would have turned out to not be as creative I'm certain Mm. you you talked about policing and obviously that's the background that we share and you know there's there's a dark side there's a dark humor shall we say to that kind of three o'clock in the morning you've been to some really horrible incidents and and sometimes it's humor that gets you through those moments but um like how do you because we were talking a little bit on air like off air and around you talk quite a lot around humor being a connector, but it's used in the world as a, as a divider in many cases. Like how do we, how do we create more humor that is a connector? First and foremost, by not making the division of pointing at someone and laughing in my Mm -hmm. home, I have five shared sons. The rule remains today. If someone falls or gets hurt, ask if they're okay, and then you can laugh your butt off. (laughs) So the mom of sons who works with mostly men, that's the rule. Are you okay? Okay, that was hilarious. Free, right? (laughs) Yes. But it, you know, in my world of the comedy troupe, we had such a tight circle. And what we built over time was trust, trust Mm. within that circle and knowing that if you and I show up on stage and all of a sudden you forgot your character name, or that we were in an elevator or a grocery store, I pick that up for you. And I say to you, what a huge grocery store. I'm going to have your back. And that's the best kind of humor is that which can connect. Or you and I are in line for a movie and don't know each other. Maybe we don't even speak the same language. But right over there, we just saw a dog walk by in a costume. And that is hilarious. No matter your age, your language, your skin color, that's funny. A dog walking by dressed as a dinosaur is going to make us laugh. And now we laugh together because we Mm. happen to be standing together. And that's what I mean, that it it can connect across so many lines that Mm. otherwise are there. Mm. My... um my favorite band are Oasis and I think Oasis really wrote some powerful songs when they used to live in just hard times. You know, they wrote real songs that connected with real people through their pain, 
But when they got big and massive and they didn't have that pain anymore, their song lyrics weren't as powerful and as impactful. So for you as a as a comic that's come to this sense of humor through your pain, like, and then it becomes something that you do, how do you keep inspired in your comedy? Knowing that writing comedy or seeking comedy is is boundless. It's mm. it's always there. And so I'm always challenging myself getting my podcast going and making it really quirky and making it my challenge is always to get my guests to laugh or to get a story out of them that that I haven't seen them share anywhere else. And it turns out it's not that hard if once you use humor to break down that barrier mm. or that nervousness. So I think that can be it. And, you, and you're right, because once um, Taylor Swift is in a solid relationship, her songs aren't as good anymore, are they? Absolutely. Yeah, we want the breakup, Taylor. <laughs> we do need the, <laughs> we need the breakup, Taylor. What's a story that you've not told anybody else that uh, you're going to share for the first time today? Wow, I am such an open book that I, I can't say that I, I haven't shared much. Uh, a recent one that hasn't gone totally around is that I had breast implants for 18 years and finally got them out. And yeah. that I did go on my Facebook page about it's, it's a very unhealthy thing to do, but back way back, we didn't know that it was that bad. And it is, <laughs> you shouldn't put plastic in your body. So <laughs> my life has changed in the last two years. I'm, I'm much more healthy that way. I can't say that there's a whole lot I wouldn't I share because my memoirs out there and I, I just don't have any secrets anymore. I used to think that I couldn't share things like mm -hmm. only finishing school through 10th grade, you know, and leaving home at 17 just to get mm -hmm. out of that situation. So talk to us I, about I your memoirs. When did you write them? Why did you write them? Back in 2018 is when I self-published. It's on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And I thought for years I shouldn't and couldn't because I don't have initials after my name. Who am I? I'm nobody. And a friend <laughs> said, if you wait to write it, it might be too late. And why are you waiting? And all these things. And so I finally was done beating myself up and gave myself grace to say, start writing. Don't worry about the order of the story. See, I have bad memories that way because of my childhood. I don't have mm. who's your fourth grade teacher or who's, you know, this or that. I don't have those kinds of memories that I can easily recall. So I was choking thinking, oh, I don't have chronological order. So I didn't write in chronological order. Mm. You know, there might be a story about my mother having an alcoholic rage and me being embarrassed in front of friends. And then it's me pranking my coworkers and how that went good or maybe bad. I share both. But I just thought it was time to have it out because being a speaker, mm. it's great to have a book to go along with it. Speaker mm. author is a much better title and it sometimes helps you get seen. Since it came out, I did not expect the part of people coming up to me and telling me I was brave for sharing my story. I was scared, mm. but I thought, well, here it is. And I didn't expect that. Yeah. And I didn't just didn't know that people would think that was brave and that they'd want to share theirs with me. Mm, what does that feel like? Uh, it was the different kind of connector that I didn't expect. <laughs> and I, people want to be heard. And I know mm. that in my day job, there's so many times you get a call from an elder who says, social security just called me and 
and they wanted my bank number. And I always tell them, you didn't give it, did you? And they said, no, good job. You get ice cream for supper. Tell your friends at Mahjong <laughs> that you don't give your bank number. There's nothing the police can do because the numbers sure. go through the computer, but they want to report it and they want to be heard. And they probably mm. want to be told they did good because they didn't fall for it. Mm. We all want to be heard. And that was a beautiful part that came out of my book that I didn't expect was others want to share their story too. Maybe not out in a published form, mm -hmm. but to say, dang, I didn't know other people went through the kind of childhood I went through. Mm -hmm. The, the strap line of your book is finding humor through childhood abuse, failed marriages and other hurdles. And wow. If you can find humor in that, it's like, you know, so, so when someone picks up that book and goes, wow, like, what are they going to, what do they, what do they come across? Like, how do you find humor in those uh, areas of your life? Well, I'm, I'm on my third and final husband. I usually wear them out after about 10 years each. So my current husband says he's got about two and a half years left. But there's a secret I haven't shared. I plan on keeping this one, <laughs> but I'm friends with my exes. And so I think when you say this isn't working, sure, there's going to be that time of turmoil. But I, again, self-deprecating humor, I say I'm very easy to divorce. <laughs> I'm just like, eh, I guess we're done. It was always hard. You know, if my first marriage, we were sharing two sons. We worked it out. We are friends. We chat all the time. And my husband's friends with him. And mm -hmm. so it's, there's no animosity. It's just, okay, that didn't work. We're still going to be connected forever. If you have kids, you're connected forever. Mm. so I, mm. you can find the humor because we still share stories back and forth or memories on Facebook and it's it's looking for the lighter side and really saying did you have okay this fill in the blank this crummy situation mm -hmm. are you going to sit in it and just sit in the mud until it hardens on you or are you going to get up wash yourself off and go forward looking through the windshield not the rear view mirror mm. is where we're going to keep going forward because I truly believe we have one spin on this rock <laughs> and you better do all the things you want to do. And mm -hmm. 2020 was a reset for everyone. So what are you doing with that time? No more excuses. Mm -hmm. You know, take, take five minutes in your day toward that one thing that makes you just flutter and get sweaty in the weird places and excitement and do that thing because mm -hmm. chances are you'll want to do it again tomorrow. Have you had a chance to practice your comedy on, on stage much this year? Do you miss it? Well, I do. I miss in person because as a speaker, I'm still interactive. I use all of those improv and sketch comedy things. Um, mm. I, that's the way I speak. But I have learned I, I do just fine as a virtual speaker. It's not the same. I really miss. There's not that room of laughter or yeah. just the energy. There is a true energy, but I, I'm hanging in there for it. I stopped doing the big shows that we did because it was just so much in the production, mm -hmm. but I still will be in, in things, but I'm, I love speaking and it'll come back, but I still have mm -hmm. the outlets of writing and all the virtual. And I'm really digging into my podcast. I'm taking mm -hmm. this time to just collect all my weirdos. What is it about strangers? What is it about strangers? You know, your stranger selfies, your stranger podcast. What is it that attracts you to strangers? Serious selfies with strangers was my project in bravery and a dare to myself. Mm -hmm. And it's 
walking up to people that I do not know and saying, this is when we could be up close and saying, would you be in a picture with me? And so often, many, many times it was yes. And then I added the caveat of, but we can't smile. And I use my timer three seconds countdown. So everyone, please try this with whoever's in your household. Mm. Just ask, can we get a selfie together? And then right before you take it is when you say, but we can't smile. It is silly. It is just funny. And you have to keep taking a picture until you both have serious faces. Post it and hashtag serious selfies with strangers and share that with me on my page, Lisa David Olson. I would love to see them. And that became just this goofy thing because as outgoing as I am, approaching a stranger and asking for a photo is a big deal. Yeah. But here's where I didn't get, I didn't understand, didn't expect. I was going to get some friendships that last has lasted for years already. Like I think I've been doing it almost four years. And that's why I featured in my book as well. But it's a lot of it is on my Facebook page. And I did not expect that that would turn into a conversation and, mm-hmm. and connecting. And so the stranger thing is that we all have stuff in common. You and I have police work background, things in common and our love of podcasts and our, the groups that we're in together. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have known that. The people that I have been interviewing pretty uh, fluently lately, I've, I've added a lot of interviews on my podcast and every single one is something in common. There's not one that I can't say I don't connect with. One was mm. traumatic. One was very much like the serious selfies of what he does and, and on and on. And it's just amazing. So challenge yourself to put your phone down and actually talk to somebody that's at a safe distance at this time. But you just, just can't believe how much we have in common if you give it a chance just to talk. And it doesn't have to be in person. Yeah. You know, there's people uh, in online groups that just reach out to each other and chat. Imagine that. Like, and I, so I love the idea and I almost like, I can feel the cringy, like pain, just the idea of when, when you described it. And it's going to push a lot of people's comfort zones to do that. And I, I really look forward to a number of people trialing that. So that's amazing. We, we talked a little bit about before we came on around, um, you know, I, I love to talk about leadership and, and I, I really believe that humor is a, a valuable tool in the leadership toolkit, but it's like walking a, a tightrope. It, it can go one way or another. And I guess what are some of your ways where, you, you know, you think that leaders can embrace humor? Um, you talked about trust earlier, but what are some of the other ways that um, leaders can use humor? stepping backwards before humor, the foundation is listening. Mm. If you and I are in a scene and we are arriving on stage and only you listened to the prompts that they set up for us, that we're two people in a restaurant who don't know each other and we're both wearing swimsuits. If I didn't catch that, that's not going to make a great scene. (laughs) So you definitely want to hear your, your people. So if it's a work related or a leadership, hear your people and know your people. If you are doing it right and actually being approachable and listening and just hearing, you're going to know who actually drinks coffee or who, you know, has a stand up work desk and why, or who just had a holiday, things like that then you can use that when you're speaking and you'll be heard. We all listen when we hear our first name. We all listen if it's something that we know. 
And well, unless you're my dog, she kind of tends to ignore that. But if you are listening, you will have the connections that it takes that you can understand who's funny, who's going to appreciate certain jokes, and also to know the limitations. Mm. But another improv tool is the one called Yes And, and that's listening and building from it. So Brian tells me that um, we're going to have lunch at 1130 today instead of noon. And, and I just say, no, no. <laughs> um, now, where do we go? That would stop a scene on stage. That would also be really irritating because I love to eat, but it was, it stops it. So you tell me something about that. And I say, yes. And I'll make sure the rest of the team knows it's, it's, not just a work thing and it's not just a stage thing yeah. it's for you at home with a partner with your children with your children's teachers because you can't build from what they say if you didn't listen in the first place mm -hmm. so it's listen and build from it you know it's do like any good off? any good interview like that what's that do you ever switch off <laughs> how so <laughs> with um seeing the humor and the fun and the funny in the world Oh, do I, do I have an yeah. off switch? I'm with you. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I like a, a cell phone. I need a reset. Mm. It's, um, it's private time or, um, definitely out in nature. And so walks are my reset and mm. I definitely am active. So I'm, I'm pretty much a hyper, 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 hyper thing. But I, if I, if I don't listen to my body and miss it, that's, that's what I call a gray day. And I kind of disappear. It, it's not as often anymore, <laughs> but I would never lie and say that I don't, you got to know your balance and you got to listen to your body. And, and I was reading an article today about somebody's big aha moment in their health was that they needed more sleep. And I was like, really, isn't that kind of basic? And then I thought to myself, am I getting enough sleep? <laughs> Sometimes we forget. <laughs> so yeah. Self-care yeah, on that one. What, um, what is 2021? What is, you, you talked about doing some of those things that excite you, you know, what, what are some of the things on your list for next year? I'm not a calendar flipper. I'm not mm -hmm. a resolution person. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe in that. I believe that you woke up and this is the new thing. Oop. Yep. I got a new day and we do have a, a really fun dog. And if you drop a chip on the floor or she gets to chase a rabbit or it's something as simple as the coolest sunbeam in the house, we always say, my husband and I always say to each other, best day ever. So for our dog, everything is the best day ever and the best thing yeah. ever. So if you ever could just kind of take that lead from your dog, you would know that it's not about a calendar flip. I would never like, okay. Go back to 2019, all the memes that you saw where people yeah. wrote, 2019 can bite me because 2020 is my year. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, you guys got kind of quiet yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah. So I don't put we anything should, on it. We should go back to all those accounts and just start sharing them, should we? Just, <laughs> I oh, know. Rem <laughs> believe, believe me, I looked. Well, but I, for the year coming up, I, I just want to continue with, um, I want a TED talk. That's what mm. I want. I want a TED talk and oh, I want some more virtual speaking and just more meetups like this because we all are doing improv right now. 
<laughs> we thought this was going to be two weeks and then it was going to be a month. Uh, it's going to be a bit. So let's just keep being nice, being kind mm. and try to be creatively going forward without being angry. <laughs> yeah. What is your one idea worth sharing? My one idea worth sharing is let people in on your fun. If you are having fun and you do have a chance to compliment somebody online instead of cut them down, how about mm. you scroll past something that you want to yell at? Mm -hmm. And how about instead you hop over to messenger and tell Nathan Todd or somebody, Hey, I thought of you today. Like he does mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. if you really, and this is something I've been doing. If I think of my friend, she crosses my mind or he crosses my mind. I send a message and mm -hmm. almost all the time, the response is, Holy cow. I needed that. Yeah. Because guess what? We all do. We all want to mm -hmm. be thought of. So that's what I would leave you with. Let people in on your fun be more kind than you are angry. And if you're in a bad mm. mood, stay off, stay off your computers. <laughs> and you, and you, we haven't talked about counterclockwise yet, have we? But you, you call it the clubhouse and you, you talk it about the, the, you know, the space of the internet getting away from the boring scrolling and, and uh, yeah, you very much practice what you preach. Why did you create that group? Who's it for and who should go join counterclockwise? Thank you. I was phasing out my comedy troops business page on Facebook because at the beginning of the year, I was phasing out the bigger shows, but I didn't want to miss out on the sharing of comedy. Mm. And my page is my page. So you'll, you'll see me and my dog a lot on there. She's, she's my comedy <laughs> sidekick. And so I wanted something that was more interactive that all the members could actually talk to each other. And on my other business page, it was, you couldn't, it was just me posting. So I made the group counterclockwise. It's my cyber clubhouse of fun. And really, it's a lot of meme sharing. <laughs> if it's if it's uh, too raunchy, I I do have my admins take it off because ah, PG thirteen is okay. But it is a way to interact with each other, and I think some friendships have kind of crossed the line over there too. But in two months, I had over a thousand members. That's a lot for me, and yep. I get messages weekly. Thank you for this space because when I need to smile, I know I can go here. I get those messages. And I save them in my little happy file. And then on those gray days, I go back to my happy file. Oh, I matter. I made somebody laugh today. 100%. And uh, you're not alone. You, you know, a more fool anyone that doesn't like have little reminders, you know, on my wall to my right, I've got a impact wall and it's just some little things that in my journey, little notes from previous clients or like a coach under sevens under eights rugby here. And, and it's just, do you know what? Sometimes when you're having that day, you just look over and go, ah, okay. Back Can I it. hear two yeah. of them? Yeah. So I connected with a, a lady from San Diego and um, I was like, oh man, you're awesome. There are two people in my network that I really think that you need to speak with right now. One was in Sweden, one was in England. Uh, so I connected them. Oh no, one was in, um, uh, New Orleans so Sweden New Orleans and they connected and they were like she and she wrote me a handwritten letter airmailed it from San Diego just going wow like thank you so much for your kindness your generosity the way that you've opened your network to me I'll never forget it like I'm like whoa like you know I do a good thing she does that and I'm just like isn't that the secret like good people connect good people with good people Yes. And that represents many that you serve, that she took the time to act, actually verbalize it by hand. That represents many 
I think that is such a great story. Mm, yeah, it's lush. You said two, didn't you? The other one is... Yes, please. Um, there's a little picture of um, my under eights little rugby team and the four coaches. And there's a little quote that says, uh, let me read it. It says a good rugby coach can change a game and a great rugby coach can change a life. And there's the little, you know, just having, my. just having something like that, you know, it's just, it's good That's... for the heart and mind, right? Oh, I love it. <laughs> there we go there we go so i my ethos is about always better than yesterday i'm just curious to know what does that phrase always better than yesterday mean to you leave the bad one behind mm. treat the new day as a fresh canvas break out the paints finger paint with your feet but <laughs> like i said earlier it's looking out the windshield not the rearview mirror so learn from your stuff and mm. always seek the fun. How do you get Pikachu on a bus? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh I don't know. Your Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I just said that on a podcast. <laughs> uh, you, you can tell I have an eight-year-old son. I love that. This has been really good to share space with you. And I'm sorry I had to pain you with that corny dad joke. Would I you... wish I had an answer. I was only thinking squirtle, 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 squirtle. <laughs> Would you do us the honor and the privilege of leaving us with a final thought from your good self? Mm. Well, yeah, give me one second. Yeah, I think my final thought would be Commit, whether it's a scene or a conversation or a moment, commit to it and dare yourself daily, connect with others and stay weird. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. There you go. Episode 109 with Lisa David Olson. Take some time to think about what you want to do as a result of that conversation. Use something, do something, or do nothing. It's entirely your choice, but don't leave time with us um, without exploring the opportunity of how it might leave you better in your heart and your mind. I really enjoy the sense of humor being the bridge and, and, and the thing that connects human beings. Um, go and use it wisely throughout your day simply smile what difference does a smile make uh, i hope you're coming back and, uh, and join us next time and um, i appreciate you taking the time all the way to the end you're in a special unique club and uh, grateful for you always love guys mm -hmm.